the enemy is upon us. It's time to dig in, to stand our ground, and watch for the next attack. You're in the Fox with Jason Mark. Hey, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Foxhole, where we stand our ground and watch for the enemy's next move. I, of course, as your, as your host, is always Jason Barker, and uh, today is, what, Thursday, October the 12th, 2023, and I have a really cool guest with me today because 2023 was supposed to be the year of solutions for us uh, with Knights of the Storm in the Foxhole, and uh, this guy, you know, no big deal. He's only sold over 50,000 copies of a book, uh, got a couple other books, and we'll talk about that. But uh, medical doctor and author uh, and Substack writer, Dr. LaGuardia. So, Dr. LaGuardia, uh, how are you doing this afternoon? Pretty good. How are you, Jason? I'm doing pretty good. So, I guess to get started, we'll just talk about, um, you know, you're a medical doctor. You're bona fide, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Bona fide. And, uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm uh, triple boarded. I have three oh, specialties. Wow. <clears throat> I'm boarded in uh, internal medicine bariatrics which is weight loss and nutrition and geriatrics and uh but my real interest is in, uh, integrative medicine which is combining alternative with uh traditional medicine because quite frankly there's a lot of bullshit in both of them and so i like to uh, over i've been in practice 35 years and i've learned over the years the stuff that's just nonsense and the stuff that's that's excellent for us in both worlds in the alternative world there's a lot of crazy stuff but um and so that's i find that to be a really in, a potent model for my patients and that's what my books basically are, are based on yeah and i guess we'll um well we'll talk about the books here in a little bit uh the thing that intrigued me because one of your one of your patients had contacted me and contacted you and said that you would be good to come on the show you know you'd be a great guest to have uh basically everybody all my listeners kind of know my backstory i was active duty military and when the the covid shot came out i saw some problems with it um, in my opinion, and maybe you can, you can inform me on this a little bit if you want. Um, my opinion is I looked at what they said it was, and to me, it looks like a man-made virus. It is a RNA message packaged in a lipid nano cell or mm -hmm. like shell to protect that message. And then it, it basically injects itself into the nucleus of your cell and tells it to make something different. And that, to me, that's exactly what a virus does. Uh, I grew up in the 80s. Uh, we were really educated about AIDS. I had a family member that had AIDS and ended up dying. And uh, they made sure I understood how viruses spread and what they are. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, if that's true, if what they told me is true back in the 80s, then in my opinion, this vaccine they rolled out with, which is, uh, you know, barely tested, uh, it just looked to me like it was it was very dangerous. And, um, you know, I also had uh, religious exemptions about messing with my DNA because there's a thing called reverse transcription that my doctor told me was not possible. However, uh, I've read get, get, a new, get a new doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <advice> you. <laughs> uh, but, but I'll make the long story short uh, for you. Um, what happened was I, I ended up doing a religious, a religious exemption. Um, I, I was in the in the uh, one of my wheelhouses was uh, equal opportunity rep, which deals with religious exemptions for haircuts and shaving and things also with uh you know vaccines and stuff so i i wanted to help others be able to know the process if they wanted to also file for that exemption and that's what got me started into this whole thing actually and uh, i made it out by the skin of my teeth uh, i actually made it to retirement and got the heck out of there and when i was told that you also didn't take the vaccine i was like i've got to talk to this guy because um, yep. I want to know what your rationale was behind it, what you think about the vaccine, um, maybe about COVID in general. Yep. So mm -hmm. I guess we'll just I'll leave it there and you can take off. Yeah, yeah I, I, I studied, you know, as as you know, I'm a physician. And so I've always been interested in stuff. I've always been interested in the behind the scenes story behind. It. And as I studied, I always liked virology. I always liked to study viruses. So being a nerd, I was into that anyway. But um, when I was looking at the messenger RNA viruses, uh, vaccines, excuse me, in particular, um, as I looked at the history of them, all the experimental animals died, every single one of them. And so what did they decide to do before they rolled it out for us was st stop the experiments with the animals. And so so I thought, well, that's great. Where, where are the experiments? And, you know, where, where are the experimental guinea pigs for this, this horrific uh, vaccine? And that certainly has proven to be true. And so I, I refused to take them from the very beginning. Um, a lot of people got out of it 
because I discovered that there was a, all three of the vaccines um, contain um, polyethylene glycol, which yes. is which is Miralax, which basically is a, is a laxative, but it's in there for all of them. And so a lot of patients uh, I have are allergic to polyethylene glycol, so couldn't get the vaccine. So that worked out great for them, um, including me. And, uh, but there was a lot of pressure. I'm probably one of the few, I don't know if there's even five of us in Connecticut that didn't take the vaccine among physicians. Everyone just jumped on board. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and what was more disheartening than anything was the atmosphere among our my colleagues changed so abruptly with this. They went they went COVID crazy, and they you know they were all there was no debating anything. It was open and shut. It was dogmatic, and you better accept it or else. And that, of course, I'm from New Jersey. That of course or <laughs> got me got me pissed off right from the beginning. And so I was like, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? And, and so. I ran into some problems with the powers that be because it eventually got back to them that I was advising patients not to get vaccinated. Uh, but although that being said, I would still say no, over 95% of my practice got vaccinated because they would just either work, you know, work related problems, travel problems or other problems, or they were just terrified. And, Can I ask you something real quick? Yeah. From and that's I really wanted to pick your brain from the the other side of the fence from the medical yep. side because I'm the patient side you're right. the doctor side um, and and we have a friend uh, his name is Handy he's an EMT and he keeps us filled in uh, I've been doing it for 20 years so he has a really good baseline so the the ramifications of the vaccine and, and what could potentially be COVID or whatever he's been keeping us filled in so I kind of get that aspect from the EMT side but a doctor is a complete different story. Um, what, when your colleagues started seeing the narrative shifts or the, you know, the, the so-called science that's locked in when it would change, did they not question that? You know, cause Fauci no. would say one mask, two masks, no right. mask, right. you know, th yeah, that didn't I, sway them to say no, something's off. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. You wow. know, I, I argued with them for the beginning. They said, well, you gotta wear a mask. And I said, why? I said, the virus is three, three nanometers. The mask, the best mask is 10 nanometers. I said, so, you know, I mean, it's like trying to stop a mosquito with a chain link fence. I said, yeah, this is, I've heard this that. Is, this is stupid. It's not going to do anything. This is, you know, and so, and in addition to what you're cutting down the oxygen for people wearing them, you're circulating all mm -hmm. kinds of bacteria, and it has a whole host of problems. But just from, <clears throat> just from the particle size of the virus, I thought, why is this even an argument? This is stupid. And in the beginning, they, like you said, Fauci said, oh, you don't need a mask. Then they switched and, and did it. And so I was on the outs from the very beginning and I was questioning things. And I just thought this, why don't we boost people's immune systems? Why are we doing this? I was always for that. I was always for a, a functional medicine approach or where I think that's best to supply the body with everything it needs. And the body is, is incredibly strong and resilient and will get past things um, quite easily. For example, uh, when they confronted me about not vaccinate, not advising my patients to get vaccinated, I had a big sit-down meeting with the powers that be, and they tried to crush me. But I, my arguments were irrefutable. Every time I brought up something, it was crickets, and they just didn't even know what I was talking about half the time. But I said to them, I haven't had a flu shot in 30 years. That blew their minds because I'm primary care. You know, I see the flu all day, every day. They said, you, and I said, I've never gotten a flu. And they said, why? That, how could that be? I said, because what you guys don't realize is flu is a vitamin D deficiency. That's what's causing it. That's why it comes in winter. That's because by, and they know that from studies on uh, submariners, um, sailors or on submarines. Mm -hmm. they, they, they put them, they went underwater and three, they tested their levels of vitamin D and various other substances. And they realized after three months of being without sunlight, their vitamin D levels were abysmally low. And so wait a minute. That means that the lockdown and putting people in their homes, uh, not not being allowed out outside on the beach and the, the parks, mm -hmm. you know, they wouldn't let you in the park. That was a, a kind of a, a bad thing to do. It sounds it's a terrible like. thing. Everything they did was a terrible thing to do. It wow. was it was stupidity compounded by more stupidity. And I, I, it was just kept blowing my mind. So I said to them, I said, look, and they said, how could that be? I said, well, look at it this way. He said, why is Australia? During their winter, they get the flu, even though it's spreading around the world. They don't get it until their winter comes, which is the opposite of ours. You know, and they, they, there was, and I also showed them. I said, "There's been studies. There was a hospital in uh, prison, excuse me, in uh, Washington State, I believe, a huge prison, 
and it had two buildings. In one building, a doctor was integrative like myself. In the other building was a traditional doctor. And the integrative doctor thought, he, like me, that this is a, a vitamin D deficiency. And he put the entire, uh, all the prisoners on vitamin D. And the other, the other building did not. They had a huge flu outbreak as it was. The guards got it even in the prison with the vitamin D because they didn't get the vitamin D, but none of the prisoners did. And, Interesting. And, that sounds like science to me. That sounds like right, a controlled right. and that was, and, and, and one of the other things that, that people make the great mistake with, I teach this in all my books and my Substack, uh, is that um, vitamins come in two types, fat-soluble and water-soluble. Soluble means what they dissolve, mm -hmm. as you know. And yeah. all vitamins are fat-soluble except for B and C. So A, D, E, K, multivitamins, everything. If you don't take them with fat, they're going right through you. And so I have patients that come to me all the time, new patients. And say, Doc, I know everything about vitamins. Oh, yeah. When, when do you take them? Well, yeah, I take all, I take them at bedtime on an empty stomach. Yes. I've been doing that for 30 years, Doc. I said, well, i got bad news for you. <laughs> you, have, you have very expensive urine. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it, you know, it's just a waste that people don't know. what. That's why I try to empower them and teach them. And because you really can take, hold of, of yourself and prevent or treat these infections infected my most recent book which as you said sold fifty thousand copies already is very popular and because it empowers people it teaches them how to treat every infection from head to toe without pharmaceuticals just doing things in their home and different different things they could have so when i was confronting these guys about that, i blew their mind about the vitamin d <clears throat> and then they said to me well how are you you know what are you doing for you know these covid patients and i said i'm treating them with um um, nebulized hydrogen peroxide. And they said, what? <laughs> so you can't nebulize hydrogen peroxide? I said, I beg to differ. I said, of course you can. You can nebulize anything that's water-soluble. And uh, they said, well, how could that be? And they would, I mean, their lips were shaking. They were livid with me. And I, I said, well, why are you guys getting so mad? I said, I have a, you know, almost 100% success rate with treating COVID with that. And you know, he, you, you know, uh, real quick, and I got a question um, in the chat I'll, I'll get to in a second. Uh, Karen, I see your question there. Um, you mentioned something that kind of perked my ears up. You said the that your colleagues were kind of coming down on you for not recommending the vaccine. Did, did, now, did they, you weren't saying don't take it. You were just not pushing it. Is that what you're saying? No, I was saying don't take it. Oh, you were saying don't take it. Okay, yeah. I wanted to, to clarify no, that. No, no, I was so. very clear to my patients. I said, listen to me. This is dangerous. You're going to regret taking this yeah. vaccine. I well, said, the I first said you thing don't I, need it, you know? The first thing that I, I thought, um, you know, when, when I looked into, you know, how this thing works, because, you know, with us, it was a, they, they said it was voluntary, but it was voluntary as long as we got to 75%. Otherwise, it'd be mandatory. So, uh, mandatory so it was a mandatory mandatory voluntary <laughs> you know it was right, going to right. be so i started my research early and um the one thing that caught my attention was you know the way this thing works your your body is going to be turned into a machine that cranks something out that mm. your body then wants to fight right and your immune system is eventually going to get wore out over time and i thought you know this is going to cause an immune deficiency at some point if this thing doesn't turn off and that's the yeah. thing is they said well it only goes for so long but i mean what happens when that cell uh it's got the instructions it keeps cranking out these um these proteins these spike right. proteins right. and the cell divides and becomes two cells right and that should in theory go to both cells so now you got two cells cranking out this thing there is no off switch so i immediately said that, that this thing has a potential to have a, a cause immune deficiency uh which is basically like aids right Oh, definitely it um what happens is, well we should go backtrack one second when we go back uh, my argument to them was all respiratory viruses all of them flu any kind of respiratory virus rhinovirus everything covid are all susceptible they're all susceptible to two things vitamin d and vitamin c and okay. so my argument with them was why not provide two things that not only treat the virus and prevent or prevent it or treat it if it comes up just change the dose also has nothing but beneficial side effects. Yeah. I mean, vitamin D is more like a hormone than a vitamin. It has unbelievably great benefits for you. And women, it protects from breast cancer. It protects you from osteoporosis. It protects you from infections. It protects you from respiratory virus. I mean, the list is endless. Vitamin C, the same thing. And you know, once again, the argument is, well, there's no study showing this. And I said, yes, there are. There's tons of studies showing this. You guys just don't know them. You know, they're out there all the time. There's an orthomolecular medical medicine site, which is fabulous has all kinds of studies over years and years. And if you go to 
um, PubMed, which is all the medical art articles, uh, research articles published, as you know, there there's tons of articles showing how vitamin C and vitamin D work. You know, and I said to him, I'm a, I'm a living example of it. Why did I why did I never get the flu if I'm exposed to it all day every day? And they were just shaking their heads. They just couldn't refute any of my arguments, and so they walked away quite angry with me. But all right, well, I, let me get to this question, and I'm going to kind of uh, caveat it with. Uh... A question i had as well because i actually had the same question but uh karen uh she asked um has the doctor seen a sudden death trend amongst doctors and healthcare workers similar to what's happened in canada dozens and dozens of youngish uh doctors dead in canada uh i know in the military i've seen people you know once in a while you'd hear about somebody dropping dead from some you know heart condition that wasn't caught by you know our our um Every year or two, we have our, our health checkups and things like that. You go to a, a major school like Ranger School or something like that, Pathfinder or something, you got to go through a major um, a major checkup. So it's really hard to understand. You know, we'd see it if the, if the soldier was in the Army for like a year or two, but somebody that had been in the Army that's continually exercising, you know, hopefully they're eating right, uh, but they've been in the Army for 20 years, 15 years, even 10 years uh, to for a uh, unexplained something that wasn't caught before to happen and they just drop dead suddenly that that's unheard of absolutely unheard of and i know of three three people within i don't know eight months time that died and you know we i know they're going to blame it on long covid they're going to blame it on this and that and the other heck i just got an email today or a text today uh but he said that uh, mary lou retton which i remember from the 80s i was a kid she was sure, a, a sure. Uh, yeah but was gymnast, it tumbling gymnast, or gymnast gymnast yeah gymnast star uh she had her own tv show about uh staying in shape and health and stuff uh but she apparently is uh fighting for her life right now she's got a form of pneumonia mm -hmm. and uh she can't breathe on her own you know yep. typical stuff intubate them yep. yep uh have you seen that in your profession like unexplained uh people just dying or getting sick oh definitely i've lost probably 15 middle-aged most almost all of the middle-aged men in my practice who were found dead the morning all every one of them vaccinated and most of them within three months of their, of their last booster found dead in bed sudden death strokes heart attacks you know they assume they don't do autopsies on hardly anyone anymore uh but yeah I, and health workers for sure there's lots of doctors are dropping but once again everyone's got the blinders on oh no it can't be yeah. that you know, overall, the rate of, of unexplained sudden death in the United States last year was up 40%. 40%. Mm -hmm. A 10% rise, they said, would be a black swan event, something that happens one in, in two, you know, 200 years. A 40% rise. And, and the insurance companies, it's, you know, like such fools, say, well, we can't explain why. why? Well, there's indicators out there. Uh, there's funeral homes that you can't get a funeral in time before the body's going to start rotting. You know, they're just book solid. We've right. got um, our buddy Handy. Like I said, he's the EMT. He has a friend who wishes to remain anonymous. He won't come on, you know, on the air, but he's a, a, an insurance guy. And he's saying that now um, if you have been, you know, double jabbed and boosted, you can't get the preferred rates because That's they know. So smart, right? right. Yeah, they know. Uh, they're like, OK, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I exercise every day. I'm in my mid thirties. Right. Um, blah, blah, blah. But you know, you can't get the preferred rate because you've got the shots and he won't come on and tell us that that's their policy. But yeah. it, you know, I trust handy. I've known him um, for years and years. Uh, we re-met up online, you know, but yeah, I've known him from way back yeah. in the day. Well, do but, you know about turbo cancers? Oh yeah. Yeah. Turbo cancer. Well, that's another thing oh, with, know? with the nature of the way the vaccine was stated that would work before it was even released um if your cell stops doing what it's supposed to do and it's doing something else then it's basically becoming a cancer cell and if it multiplies it becomes a tumor because uh, sure. my understanding is a cancer cancer is some cells that ain't doing what they're supposed to and they're just sitting there taking up space no and if no that, well not taking up space they're dividing they're they're well, yeah yeah they're they're multiplying unchecked Usually, usually there's checks on multiplication. You multiply till it, it satisfies whatever it needs, and then it stops. But there's they're unchecked, and the more primitive they are, the more dangerous they are. And uh, yeah, cancers. I mean, I'm seeing. I just had a girl the other day, 34 years old, fully boosted, fully vaccinated, has uh, terminal stage four cancer. They opened her up, 
cancer everywhere closed her. No risk factors, nothing. And sent her wow. home to die. You know, and I've seen half a dozen of those in the last year. In fact, I have a friend who's an oncologist, and I just I was just with him on vacation in Florida. And he was and we were talking about it, and he said that all of his colleagues are freaked out because they're seeing cancers that they haven't seen. They see one in their career or two. They're seeing, you know, three in a year or five in a month of certain ones. And just these unexplained, very rare cancers coming up all over the place in young people who have no risk factors. Right. Once again, everyone, everyone's just shaking their heads about it. Eventually it's got to come to, to you know, I mean, all these young athletes dying. Mm -hmm. I believe the, I believe between 1967 and 2021, or 2020, there were 1,100 athletes that died worldwide during playing sports. In the next year after that, after the virus came out, the, it was up to 1,500 in one year, and now it's approaching two and a half thousand. You know, and you see here at all times, so and so dropped dead. School bus drivers dropping dead while they're driving. Kids have to grab the wheels of school buses and manhandle them to the side. Pilots, well, I mean, it's you know. it's the elephant in the room. Uh, yeah. You know, they talk about. You know, you can't get an airplane flight because we have a staffing shortage and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's because pilots are, are being grounded. You know, either they quit, either they died or they quit because they didn't want the jab yeah. or they now have a condition where they're not allowed to fly. That's really the elephant in the room. And then also you got, um, you know, we've we've always seen celebrities die. And we're, we're not just talking sports people. We're talking right, right. Uh, musicians, movie stars, uh, actors, things like that. And but there's always something tied to it, like they did. They had a drug overdose, right, or exactly. they had right. a car wreck, a plane crash. But now they don't tell you. They don't right. tell you why they died. Uh, and we've had less an unprecedented amount in the past, you know, 24 months right. of of celebrities dying, and nobody's talking about it. No, yeah. Eventually, people are going to start realizing, and there's going to be an outrage over it, as there should be. You know, hopefully, string up Fauci and his boys. And you know, it's unbelievable that they got away with it this far. It's because we have a media that is uninterested, you know, just a part of the DNC. They won't do anything to rock the boat. And so they don't ask critical questions. They just sit there playing along with the game. But what I did earlier in, uh, in the in the pandemic or pandemic was I um, started testing for D-dimer levels because the spike okay. protein and what happened, as you know, the, the virus, the vaccine causes the cells to produce spike protein. The theory mm -hmm. was then we would become immune because we would make antibodies to the spike protein. And we're supposed to only do it for a short time and stop. But as you surmised earlier, they they say, oh, it will never become part of the DNA. Well, with reverse transcriptase, that enzyme allows RNA to become DNA. And that's yep. exactly what happened. It incorporated those genes, for, you know, for the, the viral genes that they injected in there right into our DNA. So everyone who's gotten the vaccine has permanently changed their DNA forever. There's there's no going back over that. And the more vaccines you had, even the government said recently, the more vaccines you had, the more likely you are to get COVID and get sicker from it. And yet they went on and and, and recommended children getting vaccinated, which is complete madness. You know, kids don't get it. They're at no risk. And if they get it, they don't even know they have it. Why would you add another vaccine to these kids who are already over-vaccinated? It's obscene. You know, you, you were asking me before we came on, you're like, you know, how many people listen to the show and stuff? And uh, unfortunately, they they kicked us off YouTube for life. And you know why they did that? The yeah. the final straw was um, we pulled out the, those papers that Pfizer wanted to hide for 75 years. Oh, right, right. Uh, exactly. Yeah, we, we pulled out one of their um, one of their papers and we read right. from it verbatim. Right. We had it on screen and they said after they had just went on the news and said that it was safe and effective for pregnant women and it's good for right. children and don't worry about it if you're pregnant right. in and their why, document. Why for 75 years? <laughs> right. Well, their documentation and it was dated like a day or two prior to our report. And, and so it was up to date. It wasn't some old document. It was up to date. Right. And it said that they had zero data on right. uh, pregnant women, on what happens to the breast milk on children. whether it transfers to the fetus. And they did admit in that document that young men, young boys had a higher and elevated risk of myocarditis and pericarditis. Right. right. And, and we reported on that and they booted us off YouTube for life. So it's a, ba it's a badge of honor. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wear it like that. I sure do. <laughs> right. I've, I've been for there several times, but not for life. But, uh, uh, you know, and what I was going to say was the spike protein, it causes endothelial damage. Endothelium is the lining of blood vessels. And what it does is it acts like a little Velcro ball. 
And yep. it gets in, it gets into the small capillaries and lodges in there. And that's those are the clots that it propagates from there. That's what you see on autopsies from you know um funeral parlors around the country from undertakers who are have some ethics will say I've never seen anything like this. You know, it's just all through their bodies. And so I started testing for D dimer. D dimer is is one of the things you get when there's a clot. And you shouldn't have any D dimer. It should be ridiculously low if you have it. But I started testing patients who were vaccinated. I had a 62% positive rate of elevated D-dimers. So it's terrifying. So I started putting people on anticoagulants. I started looking for the clots where they would be. I did uh, CAT scans of their lungs to look for a pulmonary embolus. I did ultrasounds of their legs looking for clots. I have to say I never found even one of them, which went along with the theory that it's at the capillary level still. But that's a time bomb for the future. Uh, I mean, eventually it's going to propagate towards larger vessels and, and and eventually infect organs as it does. And so when I met with the powers that be, I kind of set them up with this question. I said, what would you do if you saw a, I'd say 5%, even 10% spike in D-dimers in patients you were testing? W- would that panic you? So of course we, we'd, be, we'd be very concerned about that. And I said, well, I've got a 62% uh, positive rate. It was actually 625 but... I rounded off and gave him a break. I said, I've got a 62% positive rate. What do you think of that? And they said, with what? And I told them, they said, you're doing something wrong. I said, I sent it to Quest. I said, I'm not t- I don't have my own lab doing this. I'm sending these to Quest, the lab we all rely upon. You know, and they said, something's wrong. There. I said, yeah, you're right, something's wrong. These are people who are vaccinated. And they just would not, they would not acknowledge it. They kept blaming it on me. They were punishing the messenger, you know, and they actually threatened my license indirectly and they said well we don't want to report you to the state board of health i said for what <laughs> you know <laughs> for saving people from what you know this, this horrible vaccine but uh and that, that's just the way medicine is now unfortunately it's well i gotta i gotta ask you something and i've seen this come up in um david knight's chat you know i, I hang out in the chat and, and talk to people uh he's had guests on that you know are professionals that talk about their their experience with this and one thing that i haven't seen sufficiently answered and maybe I'll ask you because it's it's come up many times. So we, I believe there's shedding that goes on just because I've seen what's happened with my wife and my daughter with their menstrual cycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it they, always they were, they were vaccinated. No, they were not. Oh. But we had uh, friends that were, and they and they got vaccinated. Then they came over and were hanging out, and then immediately yeah, they yeah. both had problems. And uh, so I I believe. I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that the spike protein does shed. Uh, it makes sense to me that if this if this thing is a man-made virus, which I consider to be a man-made virus, uh, it would spread like a virus. Yep. And But I guess the, the big question people want to know that believe in the shedding, is it just shedding the spike protein and that's it? Then our body has to deal with it? Or is there a possibility of shedding to get the mRNA in you as well? Uh, that's uh, kind of like... I, I, I'm not sure about that, but I think it's just the spike protein. Yeah, that's what I, I would assume as well. All right. Now, now uh, I know. Way, it's not a death sentence. You can, there's stuff you can do. Uh, on my okay. Substack page, I've written probably five or six articles on different things you can do. There's uh, selenium, quercetin, bromelain, um, methylene blue. I have I, uh, I have article after article about things you could do. But the most beneficial thing you could do if you are vaccinated and you have an elevated D-dimer is to take fibrinolytic enzymes, stuff like natokinase, ceratopeptidase or lumbrokinase. These are and these are enzymes that just affect the, the end product of clotting, which is the clot itself, fibrin. It just dissolves that. So it doesn't cause bleeding uh, like Coumadin does or Xarelto or Eliquis or any of the Brilinta, any of the other ones. It has no potential to bleed because it's not affecting the cascade that leads to the clot like they do. So it only affects the end product. It's actually quite good for you. It does a lot of good things. I just had a cardiologist call me up because I had a patient on lumbrokinase. And he said, he said, you've got them on this. Why? I said, his D-dimer's elevated. He goes, why? And they always ask me the same thing. Why did he even check it? And I said, because he's vaccinated. And they said, I don't understand. That, that's funny, though. I got to <laughs> jump in there. That is funny. They say, why? Why do you check it? Because typically when you go in the hospital, they try to do every damn test they can do to rack that bill up. Except that one. You know? Except <laughs> that one. And that's another thing. Um, I guess to shift gears here, uh, do you think, I, I, I mean, I think personally, I think people don't want to admit what's going on because 
they kind of it's kind of like that that thing that if you had cancer and you're gonna die tomorrow would you want to know or just want to live in bliss you know and i think people realize they screwed up and they're kind of like living with a kind of cognitive dissonance where you know they know they know they screwed up but they want to pretend like they didn't because they just don't want to know it right, right. um but on yeah. the doctor the, the ostrich the effect house, bury your head in the ground and everything will yeah. go away. <laughs> but on the doctor's side of the house and and i don't know how high up this goes i'm pretty sure it's up in uh you know the administration levels of hospitals but weren't they getting paid a lot of extra money to get that oh, clinical yeah. diagnosis i mean again that was that was one of my arguments with the de- so-called death rate from covid it was never never higher than seasonal flu it never was it was always just as low as seasonal flu um and what they did though however was there was a difference between dying from covid or dying with covid and right. the vast majority of the people who died died with covid not from it so if you had if you were testing positive for covid on a wednesday and you weren't even sick and you went out and got hit by a truck on thursday you were a covid death and i said this is and the reason was you're exactly right follow the money they got well paid a i lot, i a lot and i did that deaths. When I when I saw that the army was going to come after me, I considered doing um, a medical exemption and then the religious exemption and stuff. And I started pulling apart numbers. And it's kind of funny because up until that point, um, the the overall deaths were actually down when they were they were over the year prior and the year prior. Right, they were right. actually on a downward trend. As and more and more they, people had antibodies to it. Yeah. Well, the the cancer. The cancer and heart disease, which was the top two at the time, had plummeted and then COVID went up. But if you add them all up together, they were still down from the normal. So I think, like you said, they were just saying that, you know, someone died from a heart attack, but, oh, they had COVID because we got to get that money. We got to get that money. And our friend Handy, he said that he had witnessed with his own eyes a guy come in, um, obviously, from cardiac arrest. They did nothing for him until they got him a COVID test. So here, here a guy's dying and you're not right. doing right. life-saving care because you need to get that positive COVID test first. To me, right. that's a medical malpractice, you know? Well, you know, one, one of the arguments I made in the very beginning was everyone said, oh, my God, this thing's going to mutate. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. I said, you guys don't know virology. I said, never does a virus mutate to more, more lethal. It always mutates to more contagious, yeah. less lethal. You know, because what the virus wants is market share. It doesn't want to kill you. For right. example, the first Mer- the MERS that came out in SARS-1, they were very deadly. They had like a 30 to 35% mortality rate. And that's why it didn't go anywhere. Because people got so sick, they went to bed and died. And so it didn't, it didn't go anywhere. And so that was a dead end for the virus. So virus doesn't want that. Virus doesn't want to kill you. The ideal situation for virus, a dream situation for the virus, is, is something like cytomegalovirus. So almost every sexually active adult has and spreads it, doesn't even know it. Virus wants to live on and go on. Now, one of the other things that's amazing is that a large part of our DNA is viral. And mm-hmm. so part of, you know, it used to be the school of thought, even I had this school of thought in medical school, was that mutations, random mutations caused, you know, um, changes and caught, and led to evolution. As you mutated to a, 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 a uh, something that gave you an, ad, an advantage, you would live longer and that would be passed on. But it, it turns out it might not be that at all. It might be viral infections are how we evolve. So it may be that the viral, there may be a gene that the virus that we incorporate from being sick from the virus that goes into our DNA that gives us moving forward in time some, adva- some survival advantage. And that's how more evolution occurs, much more likely than a random mutation for no reason. And, and as we look at our DNA, we can prove that because I you see various different numbers. I've seen everything from 16 to 23 percent of our DNA is viral, which is mind-boggling. You know, and that's that'll be with us forever. You know, so eons back, we picked up this this virus from somewhere that helped us, and that's how and that's how evolution really occurs. So it's fascinating stuff. So the story of viruses always goes less lethal, uh, more contagious, and that's exactly well, that what's happening with every every variant that we've had. Doing it. I mean, it makes sense if you wanted to survive, um, you're not going to kill your host, you know, right. because right, because but everyone, everyone's ignoring that. You and I realize yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> As I would make that argument, people would hear I, my wife would come to me to some meetings and stuff, and I would get up and do my thing, you know, 
and there would always be crickets afterwards. And they would very polite to me. That's very interesting, Dr. LaGuardia. Thank you for your yeah. you know, your input. And she goes to me, why do you bother? They don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I said, well, I, I've got to get it out there. You know, I've got to get it off my chest. You know what amazes me is I'm, I'm not a doctor. I have no medical training outside of uh, first aid, you know, first aid kind of stuff, uh, combat lifesaver, basic stuff. And just the common sense of this whole thing from day one is from basic junior high and like freshman, sophomore year, uh, biology and science. Right. I know they don't teach school anymore. They don't teach stuff they're supposed to in school, but right. people my age should know this stuff. Right. They, they should say, this doesn't make sense to me. Like you said, a virus doesn't spread to kill everybody because then the virus has nowhere to go to live. Right. Right. Um, it, it, it wants to become endemic uh, right. where it lives with everybody and just happy, right. you know, it's a happy life right now. Um, so I, I don't know. It just amazes me how people, um, did they forget school? <laughs> or, well, even worse, what's happening now is they're the new bivalent vaccine for COVID is for, ex for extinct viruses. It's two variants that were long gone. <laughs> you know, and they just yeah. they just keep doing this. They keep injecting people with they, those virus. Those variants are gone forever. They're out of the population. They're gone, and, and they they just keep vaccinating people for stuff that's not going to help them at all. It's it's and, a racket. It really is. It's a, a, a lot of money. Racket. It's like the RSV vaccine. I've never seen RSV in an adult. I've been in practice thirty five years. <clears throat> They're pushing that new vaccine on people because they came up with a vaccine and it's, it's a billion dollar you know, product. Mm -hmm. Well, that was that was even before they had the vaccine. They already had uh, had prepped for it. I know I was uh, because I wasn't vaccinated. I had certain protocols I had to to follow at work before I got you know before I retired, and um, I was sick with a little something, food poisoning or something. But hey, if I had COVID, I didn't want to give it to somebody and then have them come punish me because I didn't get vaccinated. And I didn't right. tell someone I was sick, right? So I went to my doc uh, during PT. And, you know, PT is when we exercise in the morning. And I said, yeah, hey, yeah. doc, I'm feeling a little sick. And he's like, well, go go to sick call and go get tested. And anyway, they wouldn't see me there. And I went to see another place and they sent me to the ER, sat in the ER forever. Finally, I go in uh, the nurse there and the doctor both were bitching about the mask. They said the whole thing was BS. Uh, they were mumbling under their breath. And, uh, you know, they were the same people pushing it on everybody. But right. yeah, they knew themselves. So I, I told him, I said, well, I'm not vaccinated and I don't want to get in trouble for getting someone sick. So can can I get my go, uh, COVID test and get out of here? They're like, COVID is not a thing anymore. It's RSV now. This is before they had, you know, had yeah. the advertisements for the RSV vaccine. So they've kind of already staged it for the next sale. Right. You know, 83 percent of children by the time they reach three years old have had an RSV and have antibodies to it and no longer in fact, you know, susceptible to it. You know, it's not a problem in adults. I've never seen an adult. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's a it's a vaccine in search of an illness. You know, right there. There you go. Well, hey, uh, I'm going to pause real quick. I want to say uh, hi to all the people in chat that are watching us right now. Um, we got to Tony, you know, Tony. Yeah. Uh, Raul, he's in there. And thank uh, you, Tony, for setting us up. <laughs> yeah, this is great. I appreciate that. Um, I also do a show with him. Uh, well, it's him and Angus Mustang. That's their, you know, he's lord raul and the other guys angus mustang that's their show names and uh we they do one every other saturday uh called event horizon so i don't know if you want to check that out or not but it's on rumble um and i'm quite often there i like hanging out with them but anyway we got karen carpenter thanks for the, the excellent question karen little john's in the house uh doc pigeon we call him doc uh, he's in the house uh chris graves i hope you're feeling better bro brother i know you've been sick lately and uh, i just Pray you're feeling a lot better. Uh, who else? Uh, doo -doo -doo. Angus is in there. A lot of chat going on. Any um, questions for them? Yeah, if you if you get any questions, do like Karen did and type it in all caps so it stands out. Oh, Tom Cooper is in there. What's going on, Tom? Uh, Geese Busters. Interesting thing about Geese Busters. Um, he worked for like getting geese. Uh, not non-lethal ways to get geese off of golf courses. And he worked on uh, Donald Trump's golf course. So oh, interesting cool. backstory. And uh, yeah, that's all we have in the chat. I know where there's more people watching, but that's who's in the chat. Um, so, Hey, let's take a break. I'm going to do something different. Uh, we're going to start doing commercials for our friends. And I got this little commercial for Audi who runs a radio station, excellent radio station, 
modern retro radio. It's kind of like your old classic rock artist kind of thing, but it's the songs that they didn't play a million times on the radio. So I'm going to run that commercial. And when we come back, uh, can we talk about your books a little bit? Sure. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll be right back. New music, classic artists. That's how we do it here at Modern Retro Radio. Lenny Kravitz has just released his 11th studio album. Here is the ever-enduring pop genius, Beck. Giving you the latest from Cheryl Crow. Lindsey Buckingham. Marilyn Manson. This is garbage. Song called Blood for Poppies. Robert Crane's channeling Al Green. Better known as Shaka Khan. Brand new music from Parliament Funkadelic. Back in the 1980s and 1990s, we knew him as Terrence Trent Darby. This is Taylor Dane. You know, you know that group, Blue uh, Fighters? I am vaguely familiar with them, yeah. The new album from Slash, Phil Collins, covers the four tops. Metallica's 2016 double album, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Here we got Aerosmith with Beyond Beautiful. All right, and we're back. That was kind of cool. First time I ever ran a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I did have a couple questions. So before we get into the, the books, uh, Karen Carpenter asked, uh, does the doctor think we will see a Marburg outbreak or some other hemor? I guess it's a hemorrhage. Yeah, hemorrhagic fevers. Yeah. There you go. There, yeah, it's, uh, um, yes. I, I, well, I shouldn't say it. That's Ebola-related stuff. Um, okay. all, all interestingly, all the hemorrhagic fevers are susceptible to intravenous vitamin C cures them all. It's almost like you know, the, the virus causes a vi vi vitamin C depletion in them. And what that leads to hemorrhage similar to scurvy, how it, sailors in the 17, 1800s scurvy was ravaged them because they've gone these long sea, sea voyages without fresh fruit, no vitamin C. And they didn't know about it at the time. They didn't know why it was causing it. And their teeth would fall out. They would bleed. They, they would go insane. They would eventually die. But bleeding was one of the main side effects of scurvy. And that's because the vitamin C gets affected. And that does it. So um, Phil Levy went to Africa and treated Ebola with intravenous vitamin C. Uh, Robert Levy, not Phil. And did a great job. Had a 100% cure rate when he was doing it. But of course, it was no one talked about it. They ignored it. But yeah, as far as there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of scuttlebutt what's the next pandemic um they need something to show us down before the election next year so who knows what they'll come up with but uh i you know i thought it was going to be smallpox or monkeypox but that kind of died out uh, by itself so i'm not sure if they're going to come up with something different uh but they might very well but you know all of them there's ways to treat almost everything out there you just have to find the right stuff and, and the right physicians who are knowledgeable about it. I would direct all of you to uh, Orthomolecular Medicine uh, News. It's a great website. They've got, they always post stuff on uh, various ways to treat illnesses with high dose vitamins. They, they have one this week on schizophrenia and using niacin for it. And it works great. Um, niacin actually cured schizophrenia in the 1940s when it was ravaging everyone. Um, and um, it, it works very well. So they have all these this stuff on there. It's great. It's very user friendly. It's oh, it's free, and you can read about. It. But all my books and all my uh, Substack stuff is all about the same thing. I, every week on Substack, I publish articles on how to treat various illnesses with without pharmaceuticals, uh, different ways to treat it. Um, so I would encourage you all to go there. And hopefully subscribe and hopefully get become a paid subscriber. But uh, it's it's cheap, it's it's free, or you can or you can support it for like six, less than six bucks a month. But every week I put 15, 20 page article on there, and I get into the nuts and bolts about it. Sometimes it's shorter, sometimes it's eight or ten pages. But um, I cover one subject at a time, and I do a deep dive into the medicine of it and the science of it. And, but it, always in layman's terms. All my books are like that too. They're written for layman. I don't give I don't give references in there. I tell you, whenever I use a medical term, immediately afterwards, I tell you what that means. So you never have to not know what I'm talking about. But at the end, unlike a lot of these sites, I tell you how to treat it. And I tell you the exact doses of what you need to treat everything. And so it's quite useful. All my books are like that, too. And, and um, we'll get more into the books later. 
Yeah, so I'll just real quick before we jump into the books. This, uh, if you're looking on screen here, this is your Substack Medical Underground. Yep. And uh, just for the listeners out there, they're aware of our um, our website. Here's our website. We got our, you know, our friends listed, the the different people we like to listen to. Um, and on this read section, I did a massive update where I added like descriptions and stuff. Uh, I've only got two of your books up here because we talked about this before we come on air that the one was kind of hard to find. Um, I will get a link to that up there as well. But uh, down here, you've got Infected and uh, the Doomsday Book of Medicine. Right. And then the Substack is also right here. I made this little icon. I don't know if you got a better one. Let me know. Just send it to me and I'll update yeah. this icon right there. But yeah, go ahead and go to the website if you want to check out the Substack and subscribe and then links to the books, which I linked it to Amazon. And I guess we'll go, uh, we'll start with this first one here. I think this is your first book. Is no, that's the second one. Okay, so the first yeah. one was the Doomsday. Doomsday? Yeah, yeah okay, what, what happened, I wrote that book in 2015 because all the prepping books that I read on medicine were just garbage. Uh, I mean, some of them sold hundreds of thousands of copies and they were just worthless. They would say things like snake bite, cold poison control. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, they would, and they just didn't have a lot of information. So I wrote, uh, I sat down and write it, and it got a lot longer than I expected. It's 980 pages, but it is the most exhaustive. It's, it, it's become the gold standard for medical prepping books, I'm proud to say. And uh, everyone that uses it just loves it because with each illness, I go head to toe how to treat every illness or medical condition that will come up if you're in a situation where the grid is down and you're on your own. And but not only do I give how to treat it, I'll give maybe eight or ten ways to treat it because I'm presuming that you won't have access to everything you need. And so I teach you how to do everything, how to make toothpaste, how to make bug spray, how to make just and I teach you how to grow good food too, good nutritious food, which is part of it. I talk about the soils and how health starts in the soil. And um, it's very user-friendly, it's very easy to read, and um, it's been very well received. But I'm happy it's finally it's got a good prepping book out there. Yeah, I think I'm going to order that tonight, actually, um, especially for the food portion of it, because um, if you eat right and I, I need to get better about it, and I've gotten better over the years. But if you eat right, that's uh, preventative medicine. Definitely. Your food is your medicine. You know, you mm -hmm. can you know, it's all about the, the problem is the soils are very depleted. And yes, the, the soils have no very little nutrition in them because of, of this farming where the only thing we put back is mpk which is nitrogen phosphorus and potassium we ignore all the all the other minerals and trace elements iodine zinc a whole lot of them in there magnesium and so there's huge deficits in people and, and the population is getting progressively sicker as they feed us this garbage food you know you should right. always shop along the outside of the supermarket never go in the middle it's just nothing there but garbage for you get fresh fruit meat fish dairy organic if you can afford it and grow your own but concentrate on doing it organically and and supplying the soil this stuff do you know what um uh, uh azomite is no uh, azomite is a is mined from an old seabed out in utah um they, they what happens over millions of years all these minerals settled into the seabed and they have all the minerals and trace elements that you need everything is in there because everything is in seawater originally and uh, you take azomite, it's a powder, you can add it to your soil. And it, and it really, I mean, I, I have a farm, it, it grows unbelievably stuff because it provides all the minerals and trace elements they need. And you don't need, a healthy plant doesn't need insecticide, doesn't need pesticide, any of that stuff. It'll grow strong. Yeah, some, some leaves will get eaten by some bugs, big deal. But it'll be healthy for you. And it'll be full of these elements, minerals that you need. Well, I remember my uncle was into uh, agriculture, something, something in college. He was studying agricultural stuff. And he told me when I was a kid, I grew up in Southern Illinois. It's cornfield country, you know, flat, flat yep. as can be and cornfields, soybeans, stuff like that. And he was telling me when I was young about the importance of crop rotation. Yep. And then, and then after, so, you know, you, you grow corn for a year or two, then you grow soybeans and you grow this, and you grow that. And there was a set rotation they had. Uh, because of that, one right. crop would suck certain nutrients out of the soil. And so once that was depleted, you grow another, another, and then you would just let it go. Let it go and grow yeah. alfalfa or whatever. Right. Yeah. And so you, usually cover crops. Alfalfa is a big one, right? Yeah. yeah and, it provides nitrogen and other stuff to the soil. But I don't think they do that anymore. I don't think they, they no. really, because they can just throw fertilizer on it and make a bigger 
and Roundup. Yeah, yeah. Roundup. And so could Roundup, which is a disaster. I mean, Roundup yeah, we, is, is water soluble. That goes up into the clouds. It comes down in the rain. It's everywhere. It poisons it's poisoning everybody's the land. It's poisoning yep. the planet. It's brutal. It should be banned. All right. So uh, actually, Karen asked, uh, did, did you want to address the, the glyphosate? So, yeah, I guess we'll, we can expand on that if you want. Um, it's, it's tough. Like it's not, yeah, I mean, it's everywhere. There's not much you can do about it. Um, the, you know, I, I would say probably the easiest way to detox yourself is with selenium and alpha lipoic acid. Uh, and I, get, I, I wrote some articles on my Substack page about that. That helps get rid of heavy metals and different things that will work somewhat with glyphosate. But um, it's difficult to do. You know, the best is to probably do that and try to avoid your exposure to it as much as possible. I mean, it's just horrific stuff. That's why growing your own food is key. And in all my books, I know not infected, but in the first two, I talk about that a lot. Yeah, we're going to have to have somebody on that talks about where to get heirloom seeds and uh, how to, like, produce your own seeds. I, I need to get yeah. someone on that's like an expert. Well, with that. Seed Savers Exchange is great out of Iowa, in fact. Oh, Seed Savers uh, Exchange? Okay. Yeah, Seed Savers Exchange developed in the 1970s. A couple there, I believe they were German, uh, ancestors were German, and they had passed down through their family various vegetables, seeds from vegetables that they used. And they developed that. They, they went on, they had a magazine at the time they put ads in magazines like Rodell's press and things like that. And they started gathering people. And before you knew it, they had hundreds of thousands of little packets of seeds that families had collected that would have gone extinct. That came from, you know, Poland and Russia and Germany and Italy and Ireland and all over the world, the Philippines and uh, China and different spots, these heirloom vegetables that would have died out and they saved them. And nice. they, grow, they grow them out and they sell the seeds or you can exchange them. It's a fabulous organization by themselves. They've done more to help mankind than, than all the UN projects and all these ridiculous things. And one of the greatest tragedies at all was when the Soviet Union fell, Stalin, who never did anything right, but did this right. He had sent around the world botanists and collected all kinds of land races, uh, which is you know locally grown crops of different types and got the seeds from them and brought them back to Russia. And they had three or four huge institutes where they rotated them out every few years and regrew these seeds and kept them. And when Russia fell, there was no more funding for them and they just died out. Where the oh, UN wow. UN had such an opportunity to get in there and save them. And as usual, they did nothing other than condemn Israel and the United States and do their usual nonsense. Yeah. All right. Hey, let's we're we're actually, yeah, we weren't long, but we're gonna keep going if you're okay with that, sir. I'm fine. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about, I guess, the next book. Um, so the doomsday, I'm going to, I'm going to get that. I'm going to order that tonight. Um, and then we got this one. Uh, there we go. Yeah. That, that was my, uh, lesbian friendly version of the doomsday book. (laughs) The the publisher said, you got, you got to get some of the hate out of that book. And so so I wrote a a more general audience book. It's pretty much the same book. Uh, there's some things don't buy both of them, whatever you do, uh, one or the other, you know, but it, it has, almost everything that uh, the Bible alternative medicine had uh, this one's 600 something pages, but it's a larger format. So it has most of it in there. Um, some of the drawings are better in this one because they didn't come out so good in the print than the first one. But uh, once again, this is just because once again, I found a lack of a handbook for alternative medicine. Everyone talks about alternative medicine. Everyone likes it. And the American public is enthralled with it, but they don't even know where to start. You know, they don't know, they don't know about essential oils. They don't know about minerals. They don't know about vitamins. They don't know, you know, herbs to use and different things and and mushrooms. And I get into all that in in the books and tell them how to, how to do it, what doses to take, which ones are good, which ones are stronger. Um, Because I found that the public just doesn't know. They don't even know where to start. Our our friend, Tom Cooper, he actually helped start our Knights of the Storm. He was one of the founding members. Uh, He talks about mushrooms all the time and the benefits of mushrooms. Uh, I think he's he's kind of somewhat of an expert on it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good yeah, that you got all stuff. that in there. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about this one then. Uh, this is your most recent, over 50,000 copies yep. sold. Yeah, in fact, it's been very, very well received. It um, Basically, what I, I thought, you know, I said, well, I've got to teach people. They've got to have something to go to when they're infected. And so I wrote the book in primarily with a... a uh, for COVID, uh, but 
it's for everything. I mean, I, I include everything from venereal diseases to skin infections to uh, anything you could think of. Any infection you get in any part of your body, I go head to toe. And the same thing, first, in all my books, I try to do this. I teach you about the physiology I start. So if I do the skin, I'll teach you about the anatomy of the skin first so you understand how, how it gets infected and what happens to it. And then I go into the pathology of it, what diseases affect it, and then I go into what you can do about it. And once again, without pharmaceuticals, without antibiotics, um, you know, different ways. That's from head to toe. That's a smaller book. That's 300 pages, maybe uh, roughly like that. But, it's, you know, it's been, like I said, very well received because it's pe people who wrote me letters to me. They said, I haven't gone to my doctor in, you know, the last two years. Every time I get sick, I turn to one of the chapters there, I look it up and find what I need. And, you know, because as we all know, things are, uh, we're on the precipice here. Things are about to collapse. I truly believe that we're on the verge of a, world war, of a world war. Uh, do you know who uh, Martin Armstrong is? Uh, I've heard the name. I don't know yeah. who it is. Martin Armstrong is armstrongeconomics.com. I would encourage all of you to go there. Martin Armstrong is my age. He's in his late 60s. He is, um, it was an economist. And uh, he started developing an AI program himself called Socrates. And governments want this information from him. It's so accurate. And he put everything into it. He's got a huge staff. Governments go to him. He's got people all over the world. And he writes a free blog on armstrongeconomics.com every day that goes into uh, politics, um, Bitcoin, what's going to happen with the markets and different things. And Socrates, his program, 10 years ago, identified uh, a world war happening probably starting in 24. But the rumblings of it starting in 23, and even, they even pinpointed Ukraine as the possible start of it. And so, you know, he goes into the whole, you know, he's very, as I am, he's very much against the war in Ukraine, uh, just thinking it's a lot of nonsense. We're being sucked in. We're not, we're not defending our southern border, but defending their, their borders. Uh, it's just madness. And he, he feels just a proxy war between us and Russia through the Great Reset trying to get us there. And he exposes Klaus Schwab and all that stuff that I'm sure you're, you're well familiar with. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's that's interesting. The uh, 2024, um, if you look at the catastrophic contagion uh, tabletop exercise they ran and the um, I forget, there's another one they ran. But both of those, it might have been the SPARS pandemic document where they tabletop these pandemics. Um, 2024 was the year it supposedly happened in their fi uh, fictional scenario. Mm. So I don't know if they're maybe... Well, borrowed he, his AI to figure it out. Well, said, yeah, uh, let me tell you, this Obama wanted his AI program. They mm -hmm. put him in the same prison as Jeffrey Epstein. This guy's a multimillionaire. The government oh, demanded wow. it, and he said, I'm not giving it to you. This is a private program. You have no right to it. I'm not giving it. They, they put him in solitary confinement, same prison as Epstein. Six months. Every month, they brought, him, they brought him out, put him before a judge, his lawyers, and they said contempt of court and threw him back in jail. After six months, one night, a, in the middle of the night, a guard he never saw came and unlocked his cell. So what the hell is this about? A few minutes later, another prisoner came in, thought he beat him to death, but left him in a coma. Well, oh, wow. he, he lived. Six months later, he came out of it, and, he, and they had to let him out. And so and when Epstein went in, I've been following the guy for about eight years now. He's unbelievable. When Epstein went in, that day, he said, dead man. He said, this is how the government gets rid of high-profile people. They have a prisoner come in, kill him, and then that prisoner gets released, and he, he disappears. You know, And then it, there's, there's a blank trail, and all their problems are solved. Yeah. But uh, he's fascinating. He says, he pinpoints stuff to the day. He says, we have a crisis coming May 7th and 8th of 24. He doesn't know what it is, but something happened, um, changes big time then. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't know if it's an assassination. Maybe Trump gets assassinated or what happens. But uh, his computer also said 10 years ago that there might not be election in 24. And so. Uh, I've been said, hearing talks about that, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it might be a, either a, a new pandemic that they have to lock right. us down for and avoid it or climate change crisis and other, other bullshit. Well, I, I mean, if you look at the the lockdown election we had, nobody believes it was legitimate. Right. I mean, right. The, the numbers are not legitimate. Right. And, uh, you know, but it was on, on display for the world to see. Right. And if we have another pandemic like this, this they're going to say if they don't do another lockdown mail out election, they're going to come back and they're going to say, well, we know there was something wrong with the last one. Let's just hold off until until we're right. not in lockdown and we can go vote in right. person. Right. So that right. could be a way to stall. Maybe yep. they're not going to say we won't have an election. We're just going to stall it. We're going to push it to the yep. right. 
and get us. Well, to he said that there's there's going to be an amazing amount of violence in 24. Uh, amazing amount. He said eventually the U.S. breaks up, uh, but reforms in 32 and comes out. They get rid of the Great Reset fails and everything everything comes out okay. But it's going to be a very tumultuous period between now and 32 with a lot of violence and the U.S. probably breaking up along north-south lines again. And you can see that it's one of the biggest exoduses in U.S. history right now. People going moving south, the state Florida, Texas, Georgia, the Carolinas, Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, are being mobbed with people that they never had before, leaving the blue states in the north. Yeah, just hope they don't they don't ship the blue with them. You know, well, it hasn't happened. It didn't happen in Florida. Yeah, I, okay. I agree. Yeah, but hopefully, I'm I know Texas has, has got some issues in their in their yeah. big cities. They're all starting to swing blue. Yeah. Yeah, Austin's bad. But um, real, real quick before we go, I just wanted to um, get your your thought on this. So, uh, you know, people talk about storable food. Um, that's great until it runs out. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think the ability to produce your own food, hunt, uh, grow. Um, yeah, store some to get you going. But, you know, if you don't have a garden going, you're going to need something to, to get you going until you learn how to store it, how to can it, yep. uh, freeze dry it, whatever you got to do. Um, so people don't think about, you know, Oh, I got a medical kit. What happens when that runs out? Mm. So your book would be kind of like to go in that medical kit to where the the medical kit will get you to a certain point. And then all of a sudden you can use your methods of treat, maybe the, the mint that grows in your yard, you can do something with that. Well, in, in the, in the Bible, I mean, uh, doomsday book of medicine in the back, I have the whole section of how to make your own medical kit. And I list A, a to Z, the ingredients that you would need. You don't need all of them, but you know, there's a lot of them there. You get them, and they're all once again non prescription stuff. A lot of the household things you can do a betadine, great stuff to have around, uh, you know, hydrogen peroxide, things like that. You can stockpile. Um, but I would, I would urge your readers, you're going to stockpile anything besides food, get heirloom seeds and stockpile those and keep them in a mylar bag with oxygen absorbers in a cool place so that you know they're, they're safe. In this way, you have the ability to grow out your own food. Yeah, I've actually got someone in uh, Tom in the chat. He's our mushroom guy. Oh, I found it. Here it is. I want to put that up for you, Tom. He wanted to know about this. Uh, seedsavers.org. Is that is that the Seed one? Seed Savers Exchange. It's cool. I put that in there. Um, that's it. Seed Savers. It's yeah, seed savers. Yeah, that, so it's it. seedsavers.org. I will put yeah. that on the screen for you, Tom. Uh, They're a fa- one fabulous time. organization. Banners. It takes me a second here. (laughs) Yeah, I would do Armstrong Economics too.com. If you Armstrong Economics. Yeah, I'm gonna put so there's seedsavers.org. Armstrong Economics I had up. Let me put that on the screen. Yeah, that's a free blog. And it's I you could pay for some. I paid just to get some of the more exotic stuff he's talking about, but it's still that's even cheap, it's fifteen bucks a month. If you want to pay, but it's free, and you can get all ninety percent of his blogs are free, and they're short. But he covers different things, shows you different things that are happening around the world that we unfortunately, due to our media, have no idea about. All right, no problem, Tom. He said thank you. So really good information, and you're going to be on with us Saturday, right? Yes, uh, on the nights of the storm. So that's going to be great. Uh, I'll probably sit back and my co-host Angus. Um, we'll probably, it'll be his chance to ask questions and stuff, but, um, I'll be there pushing the buttons, you know, on the, (laughs) (laughs) sounds good, but, uh, all right. Anything else you want to close out with and, uh, and then let us know again, where, where they can find you. Uh, well, you can find me on, on Substack medical underground at substack.com. For some reason that works better than going Substack and then looking for medical underground, just punch in medical underground at substack.com and you'll get my weekly articles. I write on there. Uh, and, and my books are available on Amazon. It's um, I would urge your readers to stockpile canned food, throw in your basement, just get cases of it, throw it down there, soups, uh, grains, different things, rice. It's very cheap. Put it in five-gallon buckets and, and store it. And, you know, you, you got to have enough food to last you at least six months. You got to be able to make the next growing season. If something happens in the fall, you got to be able to survive through spring. Well, actually, through probably summer again because you still have to grow the food you know but stockpile and stockpile all the medical stuff you need and my books just outline everything you need for that so use them as a guide and you can figure out all the different things you could buy over the counter that most of them are very cheap and readily accessible 
and keep those there so you're able to treat all the medical problems that come up yourself because there's not going to be anyone there to help you because 99% of the doctors, probably even a higher number, have no idea what to do beyond technology. Once the pharmaceuticals aren't, they don't have those or they don't have the way to test you and stuff. They're blind. And I don't know if anyone's noticed, but the new generation of doctors are unbelievably bad, in my opinion. I mean, I, I send patients all the time to specialists. These guys never get off their computers. They don't even look up at them. They don't examine them. They stay on their I, laptops. You know, it's I was called a, a freeloader, selfish, because I didn't get, you know, they always ask you when you come in, uh, are you vaccinated? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. Well, why not? I was like, well, actually, that's none of your business. But right, uh, if you want, if you must know, I have a religious exemption, you know, a, a pending. Yeah. And, uh, and well, you're part of the problem. I've been told by the people who's supposed to care for me and treat me right. uh, that I was a freeloader, that I was selfish. I was part of the problem. And we're not going to get to herd immunity because of you. And old people are dying because of you. This is people that they're supposed to be treating me. And now, now right. you're going to give me a prescription. You just let me know that you loathe me and hate me. Right. And I'm supposed to take this medicine that you're going to prescribe right. me right now. Right. right. Uh, and, and a guy who's not willing to even look behind the headlines and, and see what really is going right. on. He's, he's ignoring his, his, all of his training. It's, yeah, it's, it's disheartening, but you know, yeah, there are, there are guys out there and the information's out there. And so you have to really look into yourself and empower yourself and get the information you need, you know, get my books, follow the Substack page. And I'll constantly put up new stuff. Uh, I'm going to write, I'm writing a new book now called uh, the book of cures how to cure different things um, because well, even a lot of cancers are curable. They're just ignoring the stuff that's out there for it. I think our body, uh, personal opinion, not a medical opinion, but personal opinion. I think that cancer is a naturally occurring thing that our body beats quite Every often. Day. Every day. Yeah. Not only once, thousands of times a day. Yeah. You know, because it, it, I mean, if you look a, a cancer is just a mutated cell and that has to happen you get trillions yep. of cells in your body. It has to happen frequently. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. anyway, let's go ahead and get out of here. We'll see you on okay. Saturday. I wanted All to right. thank Geese, Geese Busters, um, our non-lethal geese shoe away guy that gets rid of the geese for us off the golf course. He left us a tip. Thank you very much for that tip, Geese Busters. And I uh, hope to see you Saturday. Hope to see all of you all Saturday. And I guess that does it for tonight. All right. Um, thank you, Jason. Oh, thank you. Um, remember to hold your ground, watch the enemy, improve the foxhole, and always look out for one another. Until next time. You've been watching The Foxhole with Jason Barker.